Okay. Thank you. Thank you again. This is Tony S. Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater, and thank you for allowing me to be of service tonight. Um, so I tend to be a very linear person, so I guess I say I start at the beginning. Um, so I first realized that I had some issues with food when I was about six years old. And um, at that time, um, my uh, my father had been in an accident from work. He worked in the factory. And, um, and at the same time, my brother, who was a about 10 years older than me, and I was about about four, um, had been in a real serious uh, car accident. And um, and so uh, so my mother, she was going to the hospital to visit my dad and to visit my, my brother. And um, and so at the time, you know, I was uh, you know, just a lot of pressure. And I remember, you know, she would, she would say to me, you know, I need you to be good because, you know, I got a lot on my plate and I had some older siblings, even older than that, um, and they were in college. So basically at home it was mommy and I, you know, for a little bit of a time until um, my other brother and my dad came home and uh, and then there was still some recovery time for, uh, particularly for my brother for a long time. And, um, so um, I think that began the people-pleasing type behavior where I kind of really prided myself for how good and helpful I could be um, and because I got praised a lot for that. And so that really, um, that set the stage for that type of behavior, which which really is something I still struggle with today. And so um, I had, um, I, I noticed then that I guess around six, I started to pick up some weight. And that was the beginning of what I referred to as sneaky eating. And, uh, you know, like waiting, you know, waiting for, um, you know, going to the kitchen and kind of eating in there, kind of sneaking around or uh, coming downstairs, sneaking and getting something. And that's when I started to gain weight. My family started to notice it. And then it was the pressure, you know, like, no, no, you know, that, you know, being overweight isn't good. You know, you, you won't have friends and, and, you know, people, people won't, won't like you. You'll be teased. And of, and of course that did happen. I was teased. Uh, I was teased a lot in elementary school. So what my mother said was right. You know, I was teased and I didn't feel like I, I had some friends, but I didn't feel like, you know, a lot, I felt like I wasn't in the it crowd. You know, and as adolescent, you know, progressed when invitations to little parties, uh, you know, like even pre-dating thing, but little parties and stuff, I, I didn't get many invitations. And so when I was about 13, um, there was a, I had a couple friends who I, I was right friendly with. And, um, you know, and, and my parents actually didn't really care for these two young girls because they were overweight. And so it was. It was almost like, um, you know, you found this group that you that you that you are identifying with, and they're all they're all overweight, and it's making it feel like um, that that's a good thing. Then I look back on it. Well, what would they prefer for me to just be ostracized by by everyone and have no friends at all? As opposed to having what they would call two little two little chubby girls. <laughs> To hang around with, but at least I had people who cared about me and accepted me the way I was. And so 
But anyway, one of those friends, uh, she was a year older and going off to high school. And she went to this doctor. Now, this is 19, uh, giving away my years. I'm 61 now, going to 62. This was 1975, uh, 1974. And so uh, there were, she had went to a doctor who was giving a guy pill. But it was a you know medically monitored program, as we were told. I don't know, looking back home, how much it was. But all I remember was getting a, a diet plan. Here's here's the sheet. You eat this and be really careful. Come back, get ways, and here's your little envelope of pills to take. I'll see you next week. And I followed it. I followed it to the T, and I dropped probably about 75 pounds. And... Um, Went off to high school, and I was was very much, I was slim, you know, and I had, you know, sort of what mommy had said, you know, uh, if you, you know, if you go off to high school and you're overweight, you won't have friends and you won't have a boyfriend. And um, and I did have a boyfriend, and I had loads of friends. Um, but looking back on it, I was friends with the same people who liked me when I was overweight. I didn't, I didn't make new friends. <laughs> You know, but uh, anyway, anyway, so I went off to college and and I struggled with the weight a little bit here there, but from for the most part, I did Weight Watchers a couple times and you know, Jazzercise. I mean, it wasn't Jazzercise, then it was yeah, Jazzercise. It was Jazzercise, and did that and you know, struggled, but I kept the weight off. And when I got out of college, I had been I had dated a guy and we were engaged actually. But then I found out what a big liar he was, and I realized that I was doomed for divorce if I were to marry him. And so I broke up. And so I was so embarrassed by his behavior and some things that happened, um, and that when I just came home, you know, from college, almost like, you know, nursing my wounds, and all I did after that was eat. And I didn't understand then I knew I had a problem with food, but I didn't understand that I was using food as a solution. I didn't understand that until I came in the program two years ago. I just knew that I ate. I, di- I didn't know there was some emotional aspects to my eating, but I just didn't cle- understand things clearly until I started to work the steps and do big book study. I didn't understand that um, completely. And so... Um, so when, so when I was in my, I guess, middle 20s, I had heard about OA from a family member. And I went to a few meetings. But when I went to the meetings, you know, it was like you, I kind of got stumped on you really need a sponsor and you, you know, you need to do a step, you know, step four and five. You need to do a thorough more inventory. You need to do these things. And I'm like, why can't I just come and sit and talk like a support group or something? Why do I, you know, need to do this work? I, I just couldn't understand. What do you mean? I just didn't understand about a lot of things, and I didn't stay around long enough to try to understand. I just thought, I don't think this is for me. All you know, these people. Uh, and but when I do know that when I would leave the meetings, I would leave um, upset, and I think I was upset. Now looking back on it, because I felt, you know, um, at home in a sense. And I felt that um, they certainly felt that people were there who understood me. 
and um and I felt like this you know if I would just work if I would just work and try to work the program that you know maybe that I would have some recovery, but I wasn't ready to do the work I wasn't ready this seemed too hard it seemed too hard. And so I just made lots of excuses for why I couldn't do it or why I didn't want to do it, why it wasn't for me. And I walked away. And I walked away so completely that I actually completely erased away from my mind. It was almost like someone who has amnesia. If you were to ask me, had you ever been to OA meeting? Do you know much about OA? I acted as though I had never been. I Almost as if you would say, had you ever been to a meeting? I would say, no, you're lying. I've never been to a meeting. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't even remember it. I, and, and, um, and this is so ironic. When I decided to come back to program two years ago, and I started doing big book studies, I had moved from my childhood home once with my parents to another home, and then from that home, I moved brought my own home. So I had moved, you know, I had moved two times in my lifetime. And um, but I had this one little, uh, one little uh, file cabinet that I had had for years. And when I when I came into program, I have to say it was was God my higher power. I went right to that file cabinet, opened it up, and found OA literature. Literature that, like I told you, I would have said, I don't know anything about OA. I looked right in there and found OA literature. I said, oh, my goodness, it's been there all the time. Just waiting for me to be ready to come back and read it and look at it and embrace it and decide to work the steps. So... um. But um, okay, so I've gotten off my, my as I say, my linear path. So I have to go, I have to go back a little bit. So um, so after you know gaining the weight, you know gaining the weight, gaining the weight, gaining the weight. Uh, after the broken engagement and and walking away from OA the first time, I became a type two diabetic. I well, first I need to backtrack. I did meet my husband. Met my husband who accepted me just the way I was. And he didn't care that I was overweight, and that, and I was about a hundred pounds overweight at that time. And um, and so you know, I was happy. I wasn't worried about my size. Someone loved me just the way I was. But I started to develop health issues. I had gestational diabetes when I was pregnant with our daughter, and um, and I um, and also I I had unfortunately several miscarriages. But my husband was, you know, right there and supportive of me every time. Uh, we just have one daughter, and um, but I had several miscarriages, and um, and I, as I said, I developed a lot of health issues, the type two diabetes, um, issues, you know, problems with my thyroid. Um, I developed a vascular disease where I had to have even surgery to close off a vein in my leg to keep me from getting a blood clot, and every time. You know, I came down with a new health issue. It was discovered that there was a pill that I could take. I did it. Like with the diabetes, I, I took I took the medication. 
I took one medication, and then they added another. I took that, and the, and the high blood pressure medication, and the cholesterol medication. It was almost like, okay, if a pill is going to fix it, I'm okay. I got, I got a pill. There's pills. There's medication. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. And I didn't spend any time worrying about it. I, 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 I actually said to myself, I know people who yo-yo diet, and I heard, I heard like one study that said, no, yo-yo diet was bad for you. And so I told myself that it's just better to stay overweight. Like if you yo-yo diet, it's worse for your, you know, your blood vessels and things like that. So I'll just stay overweight. I'll just stay overweight. I won't worry about yo-yo diet because it's not going to work anyway because I can't keep it off. So I'll just stay, I'll just stay overweight and, and won't put myself through the dieting and so, you know, the gaining and losing, the gaining and losing. I said, what's the point? I'll just stay this way. And so um, after that didn't work after a few years, and um, the vascular disease got worse. Like I said, it had the surgery, and that got worse. And it got to the point where I was having some difficulty walking, and I was like, this is no kind of life. This is no kind of life. And and I and and the the last straw for me was when my daughter was going on college tours, and at the time my husband had health issues because he was overweight and he had kidney disease. He was on dialysis, far from the weight. And so I knew I was looking at what was going on with him, and I knew that that is something that could happen for me. But during the time that my daughter was um, looking at college tours. I could barely keep up with the group. I was so embarrassed. You know, I was. I would try to keep up with the group. We were walking up the steps and looking at, the, you know, visiting school and looking at the different dorms and the different the labs and things like that. And you know, and and I wanted to participate and be there every minute for her. But there were a couple of times where I'd say, yeah, if they just thought, like the group decided to take the stairs instead of the elevator, I would say, oh, um, I need to take the elevator. And like one time I even lied and said that I that I had hurt my foot. My daughter knew I hadn't been hurt my foot. She knew. But I lied to the group and said, oh, I hurt my foot. I need to take the elevator. And I said, this is, this is no way to live. I mean, I'm lying. I'm being dishonest because I... I can't take the stairs, so I'm lying and saying that I need to take the elevator and that I've injured my foot, you know. Well, I've injured my foot, and that's why I need to take the elevator, not because I'm just so heavy, I just can't do it. Um, And so after that, I said, no. I said, I felt like I had tried everything, which I know was human need, but I thought I tried everything, and um, I decided to have weight loss surgery. And I don't regret having it at all because, like I said, my health was getting very poor, and I was really I was fearful um, of amputation or something else that was going Pfizer, on. So I had weight. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I had weight loss surgery, and I lost the weight, and I even kept it off for like two years. Well, what happened after two years? It seemed like like a dam burst. I don't. I can't even say what happened, but. In no long, I was no longer able to control control what was going on with me by following a rigid diet. I, I had followed such a rigid diet after I had I had a gastric sleeve, such a rigid diet, and I kept the weight off. And I thought, oh, I'm cured. I'm cured. I'm fixed. I'm fixed. And then I, the desire to eat was just raging like a bull. 
And I didn't, I couldn't control it. And it's true, I could not control it. On my own, I could not control it. And so after just feeling so distraught, I said, I've had weight loss surgery, and that, it got the weight off, but now the, I started to gain the weight back. I said, oh, no, I felt so lost. And I knew someone that was in their way. And I went to them and I talked and I said, you're in OA. And as they started to talk to me, it was almost like my eyes were uncovered. And I was like, oh, I used to go to OA years ago, like 30 years ago. I used to go to OA. And as I said earlier in my story, that's when I found the book. That's when I found the literature. It all came back to me like like floodgates, like washing over me. And the where I was not willing 30 years ago, I was willing. I was willing to do whatever it took to have the recovery that I saw my relative had and I saw that people in the meeting had, and I wanted that too. I wanted that too. I said, if they have it, I want it too. I'm going to do anything that I have to do. And that's when I started working with my recovered sponsors, and I started coming to meetings, and I started as I worked my steps. And I started to, I learned to be honest about my behavior. I played the role of victim all the time. I used to blame other people. Like, I was so good. I was so sweet. And remember I told you earlier in my story about being a people pleaser. And so I realized that being a people pleaser, when things didn't go my way, I would blame other people. I would say, oh, so they're mean to me and they're this. Because remember, not you know, sweet Tony couldn't possibly be, you know, dishonest. Yes, that wasn't possible. I made it seem like I was just so sweet and so nice. And as you listen to me talk, I do have a baby voice, so people say that all the time. So it really was easy to get away with. <laughs> but um, but oh my goodness, since I've been in program work with my sponsor, and you know, I just I know that each day I just have willingness to show up and work my program. That's all I have to do is to turn my will over to my higher power. And although it's not easy, as I say, it's progress, not perfection. I just have to be willing every day. And when I have a problem, I reach out to my sponsor. I get on a meeting. I do service. I moderate. I do big book study. I'm moderator on another meeting. And I, I'm a sub on this meeting whenever they need me. And I do service. And that keeps me in recovery. That keeps me from allowing the food to take over. That keeps me from using food as a solution when I'm irritable, discontented, you know. And so nothing's perfect. I'm not saying it's perfect. A lot of things have happened to me in my life, and I'm running out of time. But I know all I have to do is turn my will over to my higher power and just be willing and just to get up in the morning and just pray and just ask God my higher power to be part of my day. And that's all I have to do. And when I do that, it's not, it doesn't mean it's going to be a perfect day, but I'm not alone. I'm not walking this journey by myself. I have outreach with other people in program, and um, and the, the support that I get, it just makes it, makes it all possible, makes it all possible. And um, so I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to speak tonight. And um, when I do service, it supports my recovery. And... Um, and I'm just, I just feel blessed. I feel blessed for the opportunity. Um, I'm going to wrap up now. And, uh, again, my name is Tony S. I'm a great recovered <coughs> compulsive overeater. I do big book study. And I live in Eastern Standard Time in Pennsylvania. And my number is 215 
239-8660. Um, and thank you so much.